Hello and welcome to the Modern Musclehead Podcast, episode number one. I'm Scott Tuzana of MetabolicMasterpiece.com and I am joined by my co-host, Brian Cron. Did you say it? Cron or Crone or how do you pronounce your last name there, buddy? Oh no, Crone. That, that's a that's a Crohn's is a disease, man. No, that's why I didn't want to say it. So Cron, Cron is correct or Cron is correct, man. Excellent. That's... And why the hell can't you have an easy to spell name? So BrianCron.com. When I have to say that every single week, I have to spell it out: B R Y A N. Brian Cron K R A H N. Dot com. I know. I know. I. I wish I would have gotten blessed with Tuzano. It would have been so much easier. Oh, yeah, that's that great. That's a real easy name to. That's one of the reasons why I don't. Have, well, I do have scotttuzano.com, but if I had to say that every single podcast and spell it out as well, that'd be even worse. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I, I recommend after the show checking out our websites, metabolicmasterpiece.com and briancron.com. Brian's got some killer, killer articles. I like to think I do as well, uh, in addition to videos. And we just want to use this episode number one to share some insights into where we see this show going, the topics that we're going to be covering, guests we're going to be bringing on, and uh, I guess just starting off right now by letting the listeners know what modern muscle head means to us. And I'll I'll ask you, Brian. When it, I mean, I kind of. I thought the name was great, Modern Musclehead. I kind of consider myself a modern musclehead. What were some of the thoughts that go through your head when we well, kind of refer to ourselves as that? Well, I'll, I'll kind of give you a an interesting story that shows my thoughts. I mean, I just moved again. I'm back in Canada, and I'm going through all like boxes and boxes of old books that I've had in storage since like. I first started getting into weight training and then training people. So we're talking mid nineties. I got books here by, I got a few by Bob Paris or Bob Paris. Yes, sir. Uh, I got a, I got uh, a couple by Lee Labrada. Um, and these are the, are among my favorites. And so this is like 1994, 95. And it's just, I'm, I'm going through them and I'm reading them kind of from the perspective that I have today and these guys, it just seems the industry, they were doing a lot of things right back then that were kind of glossing over today that people aren't paying attention to. And even though they did a lot of things, you know, quote unquote wrong, <laughs> you know, like, but um, still like the, the physiques were arguably the best that they were ever, ever were back in that kind of just post Arnold phase. Like that's probably when the, everyone looked their best. So yes. And Lee's yeah. Lee's posing routines were freaking awesome. Like oh. that, he took a very artistic approach um, to his posing routine, and like really displaying his body as a great work of art. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you read his books, I mean, he had he kind of brought that artistic kind of approach to his training and to how he ate. And there's a lot more. There's a little bit of there's a lot of science, obviously, but there's a there's a little bit of an art involved, and that's what we, I think, we'd like to explore on this show is just kind of steer things a little bit back into that direction. I mean, keep it obviously an evidence-based kind of, uh, kind of, you know, foundation, but you know, I, you know, bodybuilding is a lot of art involved as well. So. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, a lot of these guys, I mean, they didn't have the science and this evidence. I mean, the evidence they relied on was kind of word of mouth, anecdotal evidence. So we, things were working and you could find like it worked for one guy and work for the next and work for the next. So it's kind of, 
I mean, they, they didn't, they weren't in a lab or anything, but there was definitely, there's techniques you can apply that were working and that's all they could yeah. rely on at that, that time. And we're using a lot of those techniques today. And finally, it's like, I mean, I hate to hear people say, well, science is finally catching up to bodybuilding. It's just not, I don't yeah. think that's necessarily true. It's just that it is nice to to when when a study does come out that supports what we've been thinking for decades what we've been applying for decades like all right we find that we got some reassurance it's not just bro science there's actually um there's now science to support what we've been doing all along but i love the old school shit i love it. i mean i feed off it it's it's the stuff that i use most of the time and uh well i yeah and i, I think what's even the stuff that i mean like, let's be honest, like a lot of this, some of the training stuff, you know, doesn't really, you know, it's not ideal or maybe it's, it, it's, it's, you know, some of it maybe flat out not even work that well, but I mean, what it does though is it, it, it kind of gets you excited about training it and gets you in just to a different kind of mindset. Like it's not all, you know, adding, adding weight, adding weights, you know, you know, chasing your big three numbers. It's not just that to build a really good physique. So, I mean, whenever I read stuff from like the 80s and the early 90s or even the 70s, I always kind of get inspired that way because they took a lot more of a an artistic approach to to building the physique, not just piling on weight. Exactly. And it, that has limits. I mean, piling on weight, there's certain guys, I mean, I do see guys in the gym and they're just constantly getting stronger and that's their focus and sure, it slows down. Um, there's time, I'm still getting stronger at times, but it's not... I progress in other ways. Like for me, my favorite form of progression is just trying to improve the quality of every rep that I'm doing, just making sure that I'm creating tension where I want to create it. So um, just enhancing that mind-muscle connection, steering activation where I want to feel it. And that, to me, that sounds like I just covered this in, in a video yesterday. I posted it late last night about training for the feel. And it sounds a lot like bro science, but there's science to support it. EMG studies where like, advanced lifters who, because of all the years of training, uh, they've become more in tune with their body. You can, like even with my pecs, I can, during a flat bench press, I can feel myself activate the lower aspect a little more than the middle and upper aspect just by not changing my form necessarily, but shifting within my thoughts, just trying to shift the tension in other ways. I think as a coach, it's tough to teach. Um, but I, I, I just, I love that my muscle connection and that is how I tend to progress most of the time rather than always trying to slap weight on the bar. And I do find that when I do focus on, when I get wrapped up in just trying to always get stronger and stronger, that's when my, I notice my form starts to suffer. My range of motion starts to shorten. Um, and my joints start to ache a little bit more. I mean, we've both been at this for quite a while, and I've learned to uh, finally <laughs> tra train smarter uh, rather than just kill myself and grind things out all the time. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, that's the thing. When you, when you kind of take that approach to, to every repetition, you, you're, invariably you're going to train a little bit slower, mm -hmm. and, you know, and then you're going to kind of extend the time under tension. And that's like one of the most powerful things you can manipulate to, to get more growth is just the time under tension. So yeah, that's huge. And yeah. And once you're over 30, I mean, 
the inner you, you the, the injury aspect is just you can't avoid it like mm-hmm. yeah now i'm 39 and how old are you right now brian oh my god i'm 41 man oh my god crazy so we we've been at this for a while we kind of coming at this from a mature perspective we've been we've made all the mistakes still making mistakes um but yeah i mean things are definitely we are training a lot smarter it's uh i'm sure we we both have times like man if i could go back and tell my younger self be smarter about that. Check your ego at the door, kind of things. Yeah. Of what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I would, I would love to do that. But then again, I mean, I've learned from, from yeah. all that stuff, so it's made me who I am today. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah, I think about that all the time. If I could, if I could go back, you know, twenty five years and and, and re, reprogram this machine that I have now, <laughs> yeah. it would, uh, it would probably look a look a lot better and move a lot better. But uh, I would have definitely got. I would have done a lot more of my heavier loading, you know, in my late teens, early twenties, and then yeah, moved away from it completely by the time I was thirty, and just focusing much more on just kind of hypertrophy protocols and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and it's it, one of the things when we're talking about progression as well. Um, like a lot of the guys who are focused on just lift heavy shit and just focus on some of the the big major lifts there. Yeah. Um, they're, I mean, they're doing a lot of just like straight sets and lifting heavy and trying to get stronger on those. But for my programming, uh, I know like one month if I'm doing flat bench press, I might be aiming, I might just do straight sets and aim for four to six reps. The next month, flat bench press, I might be doing drop sets or supersets or pyramids or eight sets of eight or so. I could be doing something completely different. So month to month, I'm not always trying to get stronger in the same way with that movement so my weight even though i'm not next time i come around a bench press i i might not be stronger if i'm trying to lift four to six reps but it's still stimulating those muscles in a different way and causing them to grow so i think that's one of the reasons why i'm not always trying to get stronger 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 on those my lifts don't really go up in numbers but Mm -hmm. i can still go up in growth because i'm just challenging them in different ways all the time yeah, and I mean, and, and there definitely are guys who, and, and and girls for that matter, who can build just amazing physiques just by you know chasing numbers on a handful of exercises and getting stronger. And they're out there. I kn- I know a few of them, and mm-hmm. but they're the minority. I mean, most people like to kind of take your physique to a, a slightly higher level. You have to start experimenting with different exercises and you know, kind of quote unquote bodybuilding type stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's just a necessity. I mean, it's not for everyone, but for most people. Yeah. And the fun factor as well. I think that's the oh. beauty of <laughs> bodybuilding and the modern muscle head is that we have so much at our fingertips. I mean, there's so many different training protocols, so many different ways you can structure a workout, so many different exercises available to you. It just, I mean, you should never be bored with your training as you can, uh, I mean, just constantly mix things up. I mean, not constantly structure for a little bit, but month yeah. to month, six weeks, eight weeks or change things up and, and, and keep your enthusiasm sky high. Uh, mm-hmm. and just, I mean, really so many different things work. And like I said, some guys can get away with just the, the big lifts and a few different movements. And, and that's great, especially if they enjoy that style of training, but yeah, yeah. Um, just, there's, 
I think you and I both have a very open mind when it comes to to training and realize that uh, hey, in order to to reach our potential, it's great to try different things and mix things into your your workouts. Well, and the other thing is too is if you you make zero progress, you make like <laughs> negative progress. In fact, when you're injured, mm-hmm. and you at a certain point, if you're always always chasing poundages, especially once you get to a decent level of strength, at some point you're going to hurt something. I mean, unless you're really, really good or really lucky, usually a bit of both, you know, you're, you're going to tweak something and it's going to hold you back. So yeah, at a certain, you know, there's a lot, there's a point of diminishing returns. Like you gotta, can't always be adding weight, adding weight. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just, just uh, I don't know. Where, I don't know. Just, I had a I had a rough few years injury wise, and I'm like, like, why do I really need to get stronger on my squat? Do I really need to? Is it going to make me any better? So right. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a limit. Squat is one of those exercises where I'm definitely cautious with in terms yeah. of gaining strength. Because I find I yeah. get to a certain point. And I'm like, it, it gets a little scary. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with where I'm at and I can challenge myself in different ways without going up in weight. Uh, recently with the deadlift, I've been kicking ass on it and getting stronger, but it's actually, it's a new movement to me. I really wasn't doing any deadlifting until now, uh, this past year at at 38 years old, the first time I've deadlifted. And Mm -hmm. so I've been able to make great progress there and it's been pretty darn empowering, um, and even the decline bench press, I've gone up in weight there, but very few exercises. And when I do, it is empowering. It feels great. But for the most part, I'm just trying to have fun with my training and progress yep. in many different ways. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, God, I've, I think, I think for five years straight, I, I squatted and deadlifted once per week each at least. And then obviously did assistance, assistance lifts for, for, for each lift. So probably over half my training was, was just lower body training. And I did that, man, I, I think I did that from age of 25 to about the age of 30. And that worked. I mean, I definitely got big legs from it, but it's just, it, it's, it's a grind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at a certain point you just, you get out of your car to go to the gym. You're like, I don't want to, I don't even want to go in there today. <laughs> I got I got to squat. How much? Like, <laughs> Now, what's your training look like today? That's well. Let's talk right right yeah. now. I mean, you just moved from New York back to Canada. Yeah. And having a struggle trying to get back into a routine right now. Are you just trying to maintain at the moment until you get things cleared up? What's going on? No, no. I'm. See, this is how awesome I am. You are go, awesome. No, no, <laughs> no. This is how awesome I am, man. I just gave you this long speech about you know. You know, taking an intelligent look at your training, and it's not always about chasing weight. Blah blah blah. What do I do? I move to Canada. The first thing I do is I pull out one of my old deadlifting programs, and I thought, oh, this will this will get me, you know, get all that strength I've lost back, and kind of get me out of my funk. And within a week, I'm I, I've had to find myself a new chiropractor. So here I am. Oh man! <laughs> I'm like. I'm like and he's like, why did you jump into this? I'm like, because uh, I'm stupid. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it was, you go back to your old habits. So, yeah, that, yeah. to answer your question, I, I, had a, I had a slight mishap there deadlifting. But uh, no, I'm back just doing um, – I kind of like a modified 
hypertrophy approach most of the year. Just a couple days heavy, like basic, you know, squatting, deadlifting, uh, benching, and stuff like that. And then I'll have three days of much higher, higher rep, higher volume, lower intensity work. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of cycle through it that way. I find that works best. It's what my body responds to best. That's one yeah. of my favorite protocols. Uh, I really like splitting up the strength and the hypertrophy focus workouts. It just it's a different feel. Uh, it's it's nice to just focus on the heavy lifting the one day, and the next time you get that big pump on. Um, it's it's a different kind of fatigue as well. I find I'm not as I guess exhausted. After the heavy lifting days, sure, it was heavy shit, but it's not like the pump fatigue where you've really broken down because a lot of the, the metabolic stress there, uh, the pump workouts, I definitely feel a little bit more challenged. But it's a different feel than the workouts where I'll, like, say, like right now, I'm today I'll be doing chest and biceps, and I'll be including some heavy lifts, some some lifts in the six to, ep, well, four to six, some in six to eight and some in like 10 to 12 and so mixing it all all the different rep ranges together in one workout i find i'm a little bit more exhausted at the end of it than when i split up my strength and hypertrophy focus workouts they're all great though i like mixing them in i like to kind of periodize myself in there but i do find my body responds best to to that training protocol and it's hitting the muscle groups twice in a week which i find my body responds to best as well yeah, I find very few people don't respond to that. Like, mm-hmm. like that's a probably. Yeah, if you're gonna if you if you have to pull a program out of a hat just to give to anybody without even looking to them, you know, and and see what their actual needs and weaknesses are. I mean, that's such a good go to program. Um, you know, each body part twice a week, one day heavy, one day light. I mean, it just it always works. I mean, it might not be the ideal for everyone, but it's it's always seems to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun for me. Uh, man. So what kind of deadlift are, are you doing a conventional? Do you do sumo trap bar? What's, what's going on with that? Uh, no, I, I always pull conventional. Okay. And, uh, my colleague, uh, my colleague Dave Delanave in, in Minneapolis, when I was driving, driving back from the U S he, uh, he put me through one of his assessments and, and, and confirmed my result that I, I pull best, uh, pulling conventional, but, um, I just, I'm not gonna, this is, this is probably gonna lose me some listeners already, but I, <laughs> I just do not like deadlifting. I mean, I've just, I guess I did it for so long and, and I just don't like doing it. I just, it's one of those ones when it shows up in my program, I'm like, Oh frick, you know, I don't like doing them heavy. I don't like doing them light. I just <laughs> don't like doing it, but they work. So I grudgingly, I, I put in the time, but it's just an exercise that, uh, yeah, man. I just, I just, I just, I just don't enjoy it. What do you enjoy? <laughs> what, do you, <laughs> what do you enjoy? I, I enjoy, I, I enjoy days off and uh, no. <laughs> Long walks along the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love those, man. Uh, oh, man, I'm a bro. I love, uh, I love, I love training back. I love training. Um, I even like squatting. I, I, I will admit, I like squatting, but uh, no, I like. You know, higher rep stuff. You know, back, shoulders, chest. I like. I like it all. It's just too much heavy deadlifting, man, and that, that starts to feel like work. Yeah. And I do. Yeah. Yeah. 
and low, I, I do notice, even if I don't feel any kind of strain in my lower back or anything while I'm doing it, it's like the next day, there's still, there's just that little bit of fatigue that, that sits in there. And I don't know if that yeah. comes with age or anything either, but it just blows me away. Like some, it always seems to be the scrawnier little guys in my gym who can lift the most freaking weight when it comes to the deadlift. I'm always like, I, it just blows me away. Cause I'll come up there. And I, I'm all confident and proud of myself for doing a lift. And then this, this little tiny guy comes up there and like pulls 400, 500 pounds, like nothing. And I'm like, oh, oh it's, yeah. Yeah. It's what it's, yeah, it's the one. And for that reason, it's the lift that there's also going to give me some haters. It's the lift that impresses me the least is, is a deadlift because there's so much, um, I mean, levers play into every exercise, obviously. Like, you know, if you have short arms, you're going to be a great bencher, yada, yada. But it, like, if you have a longer arms and you're really, really good grip, you can, uh, you're way ahead of the game with the deadlift. It's, uh, it's just, yeah, it, it, it you're, you're definitely kind of like, you're at the mercy of the cards you're dealt. Yeah. Uh, to degree and <laughs> well yeah but it is like you said like limb length arms and legs your your torso length all that stuff will will determine whether you're a better conven- conventional yeah. deadlifter or sumo deadlifter yeah and there goes my dog the ups dudes here <laughs> sorry about that listeners dog going crazy security alarm <laughs> um yeah, so so definitely limb length. That's that is why some of these these strong freaking guys they're just they're built to deadlift. It's yeah. an enormous amounts of weight. So it, I mean, it's still impressive. Man. I'm like, holy crap! It's just, oh, it's, it's an awesome. enormous feat. But yeah, um, yeah I just I, I I also don't use them as like role models because yeah, yeah. My, my structure, my genetics, the cards I was dealt is different i'll just work within my own means and be proud of my progression and achievements there yeah i mean i'm i'm more impressed by a really good squat i think there's just a little bit more going on yeah in motion like it just that impresses me a little bit more if someone can if if you're squatting big weights with really good form like you you're kind of you're you know what you're doing and you're 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 getting close to your potential i mean it's hard to it's hard to squat really really well and heavy and not be a good lifter. Right. So I I, I do like a I'm, I'm I'm impressed by a really good squat. Excellent. Now, are you an ass to grass guy or work within yeah. your own personal range of motion type thing? Uh, honestly, I squat quite well. Like, yeah, not not ass to grass. I I know very <laughs> not many people can do that and, right. without rounding and but uh, I, I squat. Yeah, I always squat deep. Good. And, uh, yeah, I, I prefer to go for a little more reps, like a one RM squat. It doesn't really translate to a lot of growth, at least in me, mm-hmm. but you know, gotta be at least, you know, kind of six reps or more. Um, but yeah, it's, that's probably my favorite lift. I mean, yeah, so there's not many things that squats can't fix. <laughs> and you're, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got pretty good mobility and hips and all that stuff or? Uh, no, not great. <laughs> but, uh, I hear you, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's getting better. I'm working on it. I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm taking the advice of others smarter than me, and I'm I'm doing my drills, and uh, you know, but it, it, that can certainly be better. Shoulder mobility could certainly be better, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm working on it. And how about shoes and stuff? Are you squatting in shoes? Do you have special shoes to squat in? What's the deal with that? Uh, I yeah, I. 
I always lean towards a like in a more of an Olympic style squat. So yeah, I squat a little bit narrower, um, and I and I always wear my heels. Always, yeah, yeah. That's just uh, my my personal bias. Seems to work well with me. I mean, you you, you wear high heels. Is that what you're saying? High with uh, yeah, I wear, my, <laughs> I wear my wife's fucking Jimmy shoes. <laughs> Yeah, and I get it now. Yeah, I got uh, my Olympic lifting shoes. Good. Yeah, it's a fine investment to make. I suggest everyone do so. That's what I've heard. I, I've uh, I made the shift from like my jogging shoes to just bare stockings, and that was a night and day difference oh, yeah. for me in my squat. I, I was shocked. I was actually really. It's been three months maybe since I started doing that, and it felt the first set. I was like, whoa! Like my heels felt like. Uh, they were really driving in the floor. It was very awkward. Um, but then after that, I just felt really, really grounded and my form was definitely better. And that's when I started to squat a little bit deeper as well. I thought I had already reached my personal range of motion. And, um, but then once I, once I started going bear stocking, it was, uh, I could definitely get deeper, but yeah, now I'd rather, I'm, I'm plan on investing in some quality Olympic shoes there to, yeah, especially yeah. If you squ- if you squat kind of high bar and narrow, mm-hmm. like like more like a traditional Olympic lifting squat, it's yeah, it's 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 a necessity in in, in my humble opinion. Especially if you don't have great ankle mobility, it mm-hmm. just it just makes up for that nicely. But and that's a big deal too. And that's something yeah. I don't. I've really been noticing lately in my right leg, um, my right ankle. The, it's like the Achilles tendon is a little bit tight there, and uh, uh, I need to loosen up that area even though my range of motion is good i can i can feel like my one foot my right foot wants to point out a little bit and i feel the tension in there uh, so that's something i need to work on uh, improving yeah it's that's huge especially for squatting that's huge mm-hmm. yeah so my split well i like so part of my vision for our channel here is to to start off by sharing what our training is like going on what's going on with our training right now and then get into a topic of discussion um so i'm going to get into my training right now i am getting back to i just came off of high frequency training which was totally foreign new to me way outside of my comfort zone um i thought it was crazy the first time i saw i mean i always heard people referencing the book squat every day and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I came across a few other articles and, and, and books that mentioned a lot of high-frequency training. And so basically every day I was picking one exercise per body part, like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I just picked one exercise for chest, one for back, one for legs, lifting in the three to five rep range. And then um, Wednesday, I mean, Tuesday and Thursday I'd go in the in a higher hypertrophy range and uh, i'd also add in shoulders biceps and triceps on those hypertrophy days um so just one exercise per body part and so i never really you're never exhausted and so even though you're training every day you're thinking oh my god i'm not i can't recover that quick but you're only doing one exercise like you're constantly just stimulating it yeah and i'm really glad i tried it um it was a great experience i've been in a caloric deficit so I was making strength gains week after week, which is friggin' awesome. I hit personal best at the end of the four-week plan. Um, so I'm anxious to try it again, maybe four, five, six months down the road when I'm in a surplus again. I, I'm not waiting that long to get in a surplus, but I'm gonna, I'll come back to it and and try it again in a surplus compared to a deficit. But it really surprised me. I was pleasantly surprised and happy with the outcome of it. 
And so it went shifting from a, a high frequency day where I'm just hitting a few exercises to going back to somewhat of a bro split, body part split, and mm-hmm. hit, hitting uh, chest and biceps together on day one, and um, legs the next day, and shoulders on their own, and back and triceps together, and just kind of cycling through that. Basically hitting, it's a four-day split, but doing about five workouts per week so each week one of one of those workouts gets repeated and you're hitting hitting that body part twice in the one week and it's nice it's really fun to go from as much as i enjoyed the the high frequency training it's just great to switch things up and um do some high volume again <laughs> it's uh, it, i i love it i love being sore <laughs> i love yeah, yeah. muscle soreness i love the pump i love lifting heavy shit so right now we're incorporating a variety of the heavy lifting and all the rep ranges in one workout which is uh it's a lot of fun and it's nice. been going well and i'm sore <laughs> yeah i can imagine i mean i like those splits so i mean if you that's that's something that people don't seem to do much anymore but i guess it is making a comeback but it's like it is is, is squatting say for example every day Right. I mean, you can, you know, as long as you don't take every workout anywhere near failure, you know, of course you can squat every day. I mean, it's, it's it, easily, I mean, it's a great way to, especially when you're just learning the movement and you're trying to like, you know, get your form down. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's one of the, it works so well. Absolutely. No doubt about that. And yeah, I mean, it is, I, I do see these body part splits starting to make a bit of a comeback and I mean, they work. You see, example, yeah. like we said, the, the heavy lifting, focusing on just a few major movements works for some people. Bro splits work for some people. I, I just like mixing it all together. I think myself having an open mind and incorporating a variety of training splits into my yearly plan um, and just always being aware of how I feel and how it's impacting my body is the key because that's how I found discover like the the split that we're talking about earlier where we're hitting each body part twice per week and a strength focused workouts and, and hypertrophy focused workouts my body definitely responds best to that so i incorporate that type of training in my yearly plan more frequently but i still i find it that split works even more effective when i change things up and i'll do a bro split for a month maybe the high frequency thing maybe three full body workouts three times a week and yeah so whenever i mix it up and i and i take a month or two off of that split and i come back to it my body freaking responds even better compared to if i just stuck with that same split constantly yeah that's exactly it and kind of the longer you the longer you've been at this the more you gotta you have to change stuff a little bit more frequently it gets uh you have to kind of be one step ahead so to speak yeah yeah and that's i mean a lot of people they'll, they'll vary their exercises they'll vary their rep ranges and training protocol but i find a lot of people they kind of get married to their training split with whether they're like diehard bros and love the body part split all the time because they're advanced lifters and they hear that that's what you have to do um to build muscle they read that in the magazines or they're just diehard just three days a week, full body workouts. I see, I find a lot of hmm, close mindedness, I guess, when it comes to splits in many cases and especially, yeah. especially young guys. Yeah. And I mean, everything comes around and goes around. I mean, mm-hmm. like I remember in the nineties, like in the, in the eighties, it was super high volume. 
Like, and then in the nineties, uh, especially when, when Dorian Yates was, was, was winning, uh, suddenly like heavy duty, really low volume, uh, high intensity as, you know, as, you know, as a percentage of one RM that became really, really popular. And then kind of fell out of flavor. And, and now then that came back as dog crap. Remember dog? Crap? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And now, um, uh, you know, now volume is huge again. Now you look, you look around and it's, it's the very, very similar to what we were seeing in the eighties. So it's just, everything is kind of comes back and forth and cause everything freaking works. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, man, you can, unless it's absolutely dumbass shit. I mean, it's going to work. I mean, it's just the fact that it's a, a new stimulus to your body. That's what kind of gets the reaction. Exactly. So just, yeah, there, there's your training tip number one, folks. Just look at what you're doing and do the opposite and you'll make progress. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's if I look at what I'm doing right now, I went from high frequency to bro split. I mean, two completely opposites. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's just a great change of pace. And uh, yeah, have an open mind with it. All works. Mix it in. Take advantage of that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the ultimate pl- uh, personal training trick. I mean, I used to do this all the time <laughs> and I probably shouldn't say this, but it's like somebody comes up to you, they hire you and they're like, Oh, I'm not making any progress. You know, I'm blah, blah, blah. And you, all you do is you go, okay, well, you show me what you've been doing and, and they'll give you their workout, whatever it is. And, and you just basically, you, you do the opposite in terms of frequency and volume, whatever. Uh, and also they're making gains and they're like, wow, you're a genius. And you're like, yes, I know I am. Thank you. And, <laughs> It just it, it just works every time, you know. Well, you are a genius in a way because, yeah, a lot of people don't recognize that they got to break out of their own patterns and habits, and that that is the key. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, true. It's not one single. People are looking for the one single best routine, and no, they're all freaking great. Just mix it up. I'll say this though, like now that I'm now that I'm in Calgary, it's like for view, uh, readers or, or listeners rather who, who don't know, like Calgary's very big, like. Uh, it's like the Olympic kind of mecca in, Ca- in Canada. If you're an athlete, especially a winter sport athlete, you you, you move to Calgary. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, there's a lot of athletes at, at my gym, and I watched this this very nice, very and I can say this because my wife was there, a very cute girl asked me for a spot on bench, and I thought, oh, this will be cute. You know, she'll probably have the bar, you know, maybe the little uh, you know little two and a half on each side, one eighty five. And she says, bang, three reps, bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you training for? And she's like, oh, I'm an Olympic wrestler. And I thought, oh. now, <laughs> and I thought a female wrestler who kicks ass like that, I thought, that's really cool. So Amen. That, you know, that inspired me to start benching. But then I'm like, ah, oh, no, nah, maybe not. <laughs> I waited until she left, you know. And then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't want to strike a comparison there. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's oh, right. Yeah, it is impressive, and yeah. I think we're seeing a lot more of that from the women now. A lot focused on some strength, and again, yeah. it's it's nice to see them not just obsessing over strength, but embracing strength and all rep ranges as well and training yeah. styles. It's nice to see people training hard, and she's not just like taking pictures of her glutes in the mirror, with <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now let's talk about guests. Do you got some guys in mind? Uh, oh yeah, man. I we're gonna have some guests on this show. Uh, I haven't I haven't confirmed with anyone yet. In fact, I haven't asked anyone yet. But there's a lot of favors out there that are owed to me. <laughs> Maybe some guests. 
we're going to be calling it in. So I think a lot of the times we'll be having our own conversations and then uh, bring on some good quality guests, again, in line with the modern muscle head theme. Um, yeah, just a bunch of bros who freaking love to lift and also love to back things up with evidence at the same time. Our guests will be legends. Legends. Legends in, <laughs> legends in this industry. We're talking just legends. I you love know. it. Yeah, you know, type of strength training, bodybuilding figures that have like paparazzi following them. You know, those are the people we're going to get on the show. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Man. We, we are going to have a blast with this. So wrapping up our first episode, we're also going to try to keep it sh- as short and to the point as we, we can and uh, keep on topic. But yeah, just good conversation about lifting shit, having fun with our training and uh, playing it smart as well. So hope everyone enjoyed our first episode and uh, look forward to recording more, man. We're, uh, I, dude, I am so excited that we got this rolling and uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. It's going to be just legendary. <laughs> That's the word of the day. Like, I'm so glad you're saying that. I was waiting for you to say epic. And I'm no, so no, 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 no. Legendary. I love it. The, the, oh, just perfect, man. Excellent. Well, once again, do yourself, do us a favor. Go check out our websites, metabolicmasterpiece.com and briancron.com. B-R-Y-A-N-K-R-A-H-N. I'm going to be spelling that every time. That's right, man. <laughs> Great content articles there. We look forward to hearing your feedback. If you have any requests for topics and future shows, be sure to give us a shout out. And yeah. uh, we'll do de- Definitely more than happy to cover that. Absolutely. uh, 